Thank you, Father. Love your tender humility. Crucify our minds with your love into our hearts. We want to discover the kingdom of heaven within our heart realm today, sacrificing more externally to go deeper internally in the kingdom of heaven within you. The bride is the inner man of humanity. The bride is the spirit of humanity. She'll be in full spiritual stature within before she's revealed externally. Servants of the Father. Let your grace help us go within and extract some poison. Extract some lust. And extract some pride. greater glory always requires death to whatever is within your heart you go within to die it's the only way to die to the self nature it's the only way to go from glory to glory everything else is completely false Profane and of no eternal value. Wisdom has built her seven pillars within. Seven pillars of the heart. serve the Father the same all the time the same whether you're around others or alone the same in the car the same walking the same in every store the same in every setting 
the same when you're broadcasting and the same when you're not can you use your brain as a stone for the fire of God in your heart and become fiery coals living stones perfectly white in submission to the glory of God that fresh fire work in your forehead feel that pressure right in the center of your forehead that's your mind being transformed by his mind right now his mind is fire seven spirits of God are seven blazing torches of the rainbow fire around his head rainbow fire through your ears so it burns your head all the way through and your whole brain is a white stone and as the water goes through the white stone produces a rainbow out your brain that's the halo of the Son of God that's the halo of the Bride of Christ that's your halo that's your open heavens I see us sitting at the Father's fireplace right now. Why? How? Because your heart is in His fire. Therefore your mind is face to face with God. You grow in the fire until you're sitting at His fireplace. The place of fire. It's the place of eternal rest. It's a place of maturity and power. Where your whole heart, your mind, and all your bones, of all your flesh nature, all your blood, and all your blood lineage, every influence of the realm and DNA of the natural has been given progressively as sacrifice to the spirit of fire this is how you become the father's friends we go from fire to fire glory to glory not knowing anything amongst you except the fire of God it's called Christ crucified 
not knowing anything amongst the nations, amongst your friends, amongst your family, except Christ and Him crucified, is knowing the fire of God. Do you know the fire? Have you fallen in love with the fire? What's the seal of love? You've read it a thousand times. Song of Solomon chapter 8. The seal of love is the fire of God. Where? On your blood. Your heart. These ones changed from just spirit. Song of Solomon 1. But what does she say about her external realm? Her blood realm? Black, dark, yet lovely. Why? Redemption's process. Sanctification of the anointing oil of the Holy Spirit in her heart takes you from one to eight by the ever-increasing burning. Release that burning into your heart. Release it into your eyes. Your natural eyes run on light and blood and mixture of spirit transform our vision today transform our hearing your hearing runs on ears that require blood Peter cut off the guy's ear blood everywhere Jesus put it back on healed his ear heal our ears it's the religious spirit that cuts your ears off ain't gonna hear the spirit that way it's God the Father that heals your ears all of our undeserving ears we should have our ears cut off that'd be justice but instead he heals our ears to hear him heal our minds hear his spirit the spirit and the bride say come and drink and let he who has ears hear what the spirit says to the churches let our ears be so healed by the hand of Jesus Christ upon our blood that we can hear what the spirit is saying accurately and every day the fire of God through our ears increases our accuracy we need it the more you hear and the more you act on what you're hearing not just hearers of the word also doers only by hearing and doing the word of God the Father can your minds ever be transformed can your flesh 
bones and blood ever change into the image of Jesus. Not just spirit only, not Song of Solomon 1, Song of Solomon 8, also blood mixed with fire. Fire of God has to be the seal in the four chambers of your heart. I just want to get lost in God the Father tonight. Just put your needs into the fire. Everything you think you need. All your prayer requests. Make them known to the fire of God. He's an all-consuming fire, so you have to burn your prayers. It's called burning incense. Can't hold on to them. Any prayer in your heart, anything that you desire in this world, in your life, zero chance ever be answered unless you burn it. Burn the incense of the prayers of the saints. It's called trusting God. The fire of God burns prayers. There is no prayer ever answered except through burning. Fire. Incense. Fragrance. Smoke and rising. You burn up every day. That's why he's the high priest. Because everything available to burn has been burned all the way up to the most high God. That's what makes him the high priest. It's how high the incense of the burning has risen. Nothing held on to in this universe of stars and sands. No clinging to waters or clouds. Completely and totally anti-gravity. Assuming our orbit as living creatures of the throne and from that place your prayers have changed from praying need from praying want to declaration to giving commandments from the mountain operating in the power of creative words Moses said about his apostolic ministry, My words are like light rain upon tender mown grass. What did he call the Israelites? Mown grass. He mowed them every day with his words, the sword of the Spirit, chopping down everything growing in your hearts and heads. It's called the vine dresser of God the Father, trimming back the hedges. <laughs> a perfect hedge of protection. Mown grass. It's a hedge. It's a burning bush. Perfectly mown. It's not as thick as you think it needs to be. It's not as high either. It's just perfected in fire by the word of God. 
It's altogether other. It's perfectly holy. It's God the Father's very soul burning on earth through your flesh. It's the burning bush. Your flesh is the bush. Becomes the tree of life through fire. What's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? No fire. No burning. No smoke. No rising. Just unburnt, unsacrificed flesh. Everything false. Every lie of the enemy. What is the spirit of truth? Fire. What is the measure of your revelation? The very measure of the measurement of your burning. And so you bring all your ability, all your ministry, all your words, thoughts, cares, hopes, dreams, wants, desires into the fire. And the fire answers your prayers. The burning of the incense of the saints. The diffusing of the anointing oil in your blood. You put enough oil in blood, it burns. You burn enough blood, turns crystal clear and sparkling like the blood of Jesus. Revelation 22. The blood of the Lamb is what? The river of life. Crystal clear fire. Crystal clear glory and fire is the blood of Jesus. What's your blood? Changing. How? The burning of incense. The mixture of incense is all your realm of the natural pushed together inside your heart. In order to make incense, you take a bunch of stuff. You take leaves, you crush leaves. You take weeds, you take herbs. You take flowers and you crush them. It's the crushing of the external realm around the stick of your inner man. The pillar of your spirit. And you burn it. And that's how you pray. You crush the outer realm into your spirit and burn it as fire. And the prayers of the saints are the burning of the incense, no longer in types and shadows in the temple. Now in spiritual realities, open our eyes to see the burning of our prayers. And teach us how to crush all the beautiful things in our natural life. To make a fragrant offering of incense with words that rise to God from our hearts. It's called the fragrance of Christ, the incense of the saints, burning. God the Father inhales that fragrance. That's how he answers prayer. You want to be heard by God? You have to be 
smelled by God. Revelation says the only type of prayer, the prayer of the bride, is the burning of incense. And so you're learning how to roll incense around the pillar of your spirit. You're learning how to be crushed, get rolled around a stick. The stick burns. In each season of the burning of the incense, incense of the requests of your heart melts layer upon layer of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And actually what you thought was helping you stand this season will burn and you'll have a new stick next season. Like Aaron's staff that budded. And the buds are burned as incense. And the staff dissolves and one comes forth from within in a deeper relationship through burning the more you burn incense to God the Father right into his face. It's your spirit always taking dominance of everything in the natural realm. It is the fragrance of dominion. <laughs> I make my ministers flames of fire and all they do is burn. Go around fire, fire, fire and call it revival. There is so much more to the priesthood, you guys. It is way more beautiful and real than you can currently imagine of how everything you go through day in and day out, every interaction with a man, woman, or child will add to the accumulation of external experiences that you burn to God. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Doesn't matter. Fire is all consuming. Well, that person is a mess. Fire doesn't mean you can roll it up in your incense. Doesn't mean you want it in your spirit. But you can burn them. You can smoke them out. The enemy is shooting fiery arrows, scripture says. How far does that arrow fly? Very far. But the arrows of the love of God and the words of fire shoot further. And they never miss the mark. It's always the bullseye every time the Father speaks. The greatest example of Saul of Tarsus. Going around killing Christians. Father speaks one word. My son. Jesus shoots out of God the Father like an arrow. Right through Saul's heart as he's riding his donkey to Damascus. That's how the Father prays. You pray because the Father is a prayer warrior and you're learning how to talk to have all your prayers answered like arrows through hearts. Can't you see Jesus, the arrow of the Father? What does Psalm say? Children are like arrows in the Father's quiver. What is he shooting? The Son of God. He might shoot you. It might shoot you through someone's heart as an arrow. You'll never miss the mark when you're in the Father's bow. He's forming you into weapons of war to slay hearts. 
arrows of fire and the bow of fire and the man of fire from the top of Mount Zion shooting the sons of God. Children are as arrows in the quiver of the Father. It is written. I want you to see yourself in the bow of God. I'm going to shoot you down just like close range combat right through your own heart and slay yourself. That's what's needed now because that's the current level of maturity of our group. Yeah, still learning to die to self majorly. Jesus is completely dead to himself to the point of the cross, dying the death of the cross so that the Father can use him to shoot through any heart in the world. We're not. We're not that dead yet. We will be. And it's a glorious death. It's a pain-free death. It's not a death of the school of hard knocks. That's religion. God's not beating you up. He's crucifying you with Christ. He's helping you no longer live. To die with him is to live with him. It's his life, not yours. That's why you got to learn how to burn all the desires of your heart as a fragrant incense and let God be God and you be the creature before you're ever mature ones. In the years of your immaturity, in the days of your small beginnings, you learn to make requests to God and you see and learn from experience what's God's will and what's not. What's not is unanswered prayer. The Father will always answer every prayer that is prayed according to his will. Jesus said it. The Father will never answer a prayer that's not according to his will. That's our stubbornness and the stuff we have not yet burned. Because if you've really given it to God, you've burned it to God, and it's no longer in you. You've really actually prayed and released it to God. So you're learning how to pray until all of our immaturity of our cares, wants, desires, plans, hopes, dreams, all of that is immaturity. You understand that? We don't come here for me. This isn't I, I ministry. This isn't the selfish nature of the fallen angels getting pedicured and manicured in Christianity. That's the whore of Avalon activity. You don't come here for me. We come here for the Father. We don't live for ourselves anymore. We live for the Father because we're sons and daughters. And all that stuff in you that has come into Red Letter Ministries to improve yourself is what needs to burn until you learn how to serve the Father in your own heart torched continually. Do you understand that's the place of contentment and perfect bliss? That's the place of practicing the presence of God? That's the place of maturity where I no longer lives. Christ, the fire of Yahweh alone, has become my heart. What's the seal of Song of Solomon 8? Christ, the fire of God, is your new heart. It's called the Father's heart. 
I will give them a new heart, it is written, and I will write my commandments upon it. What is it? The will and destiny of God the Father for your lives as you learn to serve Him, burning your heart up, and no longer your own heart. Your own heart is what burns. That's the daily sacrifice of self. What's the self? The heart of the four chambers pumping blood in the center of your chest right now. That's the self-nature, is the heart of flesh in your heart that pumps blood through your veins and arteries. That's the self-nature. The Father's heart comes in as fire and burns the heart and all the pumping of its blood, which is all the records of the words of the course of your life. What is that blood putting out? Words. Blood is a carrier of words. Jesus came in flesh and blood because he came as the word of the Father to die. Why? Because that's the only way anyone can be saved, as if they have divine dialysis. If, if they have a heart change and they get a new heart, and it's not a new heart of you, it's the Father's heart of fire, you no longer exist. What does the Bible say? I no longer live. I no longer live. I no longer live. The life I now live, I live by faith or by fire. The Son of God's fire is the Christian life. When we're young in the fire, it's almost all selfishness in the heart. And so when we were young, we're like praying about our spouse. We were praying for a wife. We we're praying for a husband. Praying for an awesome job. Praying for money. Praying for all this stuff. Praying for all the junk in the natural realm, weren't we? Yeah, you know it. Some of you still doing it because you're growing up. You're learning how to pray. Jesus discipled his apostles in how to pray. Prayer is the very essence of the Christian life. What is prayer? The words burning in your heart and the words burning through your mouth. How to steer the rudder of the ship. Pray without ceasing. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Pray without ceasing. Burn the words of God through your heart while you're sleeping. Dream dreams. See visions. Let the river of fire become your very existence. The course of your life. Everything else is vanity and a chasing after the wind. Everything else is rebellion and interaction with the fallen angels. It's true. <laughs> we need it. We need to learn how to pray. When you pray, pray. <laughs> Matthew chapter 6. Isn't that funny? Jesus said, when you pray, pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. That'll take 
eternity to unravel that short little prayer of how to pray apostolically. Yours is the kingdom, yours is the power, and yours is the glory. What's the end result? The last word of Jesus Christ teaching on prayer. Glory. Oh, man. <laughs> what is the end result of all prayer? The glory of God. What is the answer to all prayer? The glory of God. Having your whole heart, your whole mind, and all your bones in Zion's glory. So you rise up Mount Zion with the changing of your words, the changing of your prayer life. We don't pray like we used to pray. Our spiritual warfare has evolved. We're working with angel armies now. Christ's 12 legions are here because Christ is in us and we have realized the glory, that the glory is the answer of all prayer and we find the glory in us, not outside us because our heart and the burning of the heart, the burning of the animal heart is the only way to get glory out of man. Not an external glory, not a fading glory, not a veiled face glory, but the spirit of the Lord's ever-increasing glory of the bright and morning star rising in our hearts. The costly glory. The path of righteousness that shines ever brighter in the ever increasing glory is through men and women who have prayed like incense burning until their entire heart is burnt. And the burning heart of incense is the heart of Jesus Christ formed inside your chest cavities. Not just spiritually, physically. Sharks can smell blood. Wolves smell a bleeding calf. They come, they smell blood. The dog's scent, the dog's sense of smell can smell it a mile away. A shark can smell it five miles away. Greater ability underwater. <laughs> but it's all about the blood and what you attract around your flesh and soul is 100% determined by your blood. Type O positive, type A, type B, no, type glory. I'm not talking about the human blood, but in even in the realm of darkness, when you had human blood before you got saved of the spirit and the water that washes your blood, crystal clear living water, the river of life is what? Your blood transfusion, when? Constantly. Unless you're not in the river, and then of course, jump in. Because anything you do outside the river has zero fruit. Because how are you going to produce the glory of God, the vineyards of Eden? The leaves of the tree of life, of the healing of the nation. I'll tell you what they are. Grape leaves. The leaves of this tree are the healing of the nation. Jesus called it a vineyard in the Gospel of John. Vineyards 
is the tree of life. Oh, I've seen a tree. I'm sure that tree is alive too. But the life that we're giving is the best wine that's last. And it's the vineyards of the Garden of Eden. It's Napa Valley times 10 trillion in your heart, in my heart. And these leaves are the healing of the nations. It's the covering of the vineyards of your transfused blood. Your transformed blood that's mixed with the cup of the new covenant, the blood of Jesus in your hearts, sacrificed in fire. It's the light of God that grows the vineyard of God in you. And these leaves that are grape leaves are the healing of the nations. Why do you think the demons go crazy about the new wine? Because only the grape leaves heal the nations. You have ideas about the tree of life. I tell you the truth. God has revealed it to his apostles. That the leaves that heal the nations are the grape leaves of the vineyards of the Garden of Eden. That's what best wine for last is. It's a heart that's learned how to grow in divine love. And divine love is the mark of maturity. The best wine for last. The apostolic covering of the healing of the nations is producing vineyards in our hearts supernaturally, but you be intoxicated on the love all the time. Song of Solomon 2.4 He has brought me into the vineyards of Eden, the house of wine. What is it? Love. You are learning what God's divine love actually is. It's a vineyard. <laughs> and it grows by the light of His glory and the living water of his throne. You're learning how to bear fruit. Do you realize that the only fruit Jesus said that was the test of the Christian life was wine? John 14 through 16, the only fruit Jesus even talked about was wine grapes. Grapes. Like all the fruit was the fruit of love and the wine grapes of the Garden of Eden. And peace and joy and faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, all these things are actually the offspring of the grapes of the vineyards of the Garden of Eden. They're offshoots of love. All you ever needed to grow in your heart was wine grapes. And every season, you're learning how to be a better vine dresser. Why? Godliness. Jesus Christ said, your Father in heaven is a vine dresser. Those who bear the image of God that are godlike or godly, that are gods, will be vine dressers. The sons of God are obviously going to be like the Father. Jesus said the Father is a vine dresser, a vineyard keeper, a whiner. <laughs> that it was all about wineries. And what you're growing in your heart, do you know some of it can be the wine of the prodigal? That every creature on earth is producing a vintage. Moses talked about the wine of Sodom. The wine of hell. Some of you are drinking the wine of Sodom. And so you learn how to change your heart and drink into your bloodstream the words of God on fire 
so that you can produce a vintage that the Father enjoys because it's all about bearing fruit to God. We bring him bottles of wine and he is our taste tester. Ooh, nice bouquet. Ooh, spicy. Oh, must have been really bright glory upon your vines and leaves this season. The bouquet is amazing. The fragrance, the taste, the depth, the richness. I can tell it costs you a lot of your heart and blood to produce this vintage. That's how we begin to please the Father every single season of our life. And in pleasing the Father, His standard is so perfect and high and excellent and amazing that automatically people around you will be blown away, completely flabbergasted at your excellence. How could you have such discipline? Because the standard of my Father in heaven is perfect. And I've desired to change my heart and yield to the Holy Spirit pruning, yield to the angelic direction, yield to the commandment of love and change. I change my soil. Whatever needs to be done in soil work of my heart, I give it up and allow the angels of the soil to change my heart. I let the ox of God plow my heart, even in areas that I see are good and producing fruit. Those are the hardest areas to give up to the ox face of God, horns down, plowing. I don't know why he's plowing. That's the best area of my life. Sowing and reaping, buddy. After you plow something that's good in your life, it gets more gooder. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. And your intelligence gets smarter. Get gloriously edumacated with the wine, with what counts, bearing fruit. And you can see how it just completely destroys all the activity of the demons in your carnal mind. None of this stuff makes sense. It's all spiritual. John 4.24 God is spirit. But a spirit is working in your heart, in your blood. The word must be made flesh. You are the living epistles read of all men. And so let your light shine that people would see God. So they're using natural eyes to see in the realm of the natural God. Oh, because the spirit mixes with your blood through the vineyards of your fruitfulness in your heart because you let the ox plow. You let the eagle's seed be sown. You let the lion's fire be the brightness upon the seed. And you let the man harvest. You can see the man. You can see how the four faces of God are the vine dresser and the works of the soil. Every son of God is a perfected farmer of the eternal things of heaven. And you get better and his faces get bigger. In every season you produce a vintage not for your wife, not for your husband, not for man, not for anyone watching right now, but for God the Father. And he's the taste tester. He's your only judge. You have no judge but God the Father. And what is he judging? 
your wine. He's tasting your blood. The blood of the grape, Moses called it. Your blood is a vineyard. Your blood is releasing a sweet fragrance or your blood is releasing Abel's vengeance, some human religious garbage that needs to burn. All blood speaks and it's the speaking of the better word that changes the vintage of the sweetness of the wine that the Father enjoys. Mm. Maybe a dessert part. Wow. Something delicious. Your blood must become delicious for the mosquitoes. I mean, for God the Father. For Him to drink you. Listen, the Bible says that the saints gave their blood to the principality of Jezebel. And that's been my experience watching that, discipling people out of that system for many years. So, you're giving your wine to the principality, to the wife of Satan named Jezebel. Not me. Yeah, you. And I watch this activity amongst nearly all Christians in the world. And it's astonishing to me that even the most mature prophets in the world still give their blood to the witch. And that's part of your growing and it can't be avoided. Because you only know how to sacrifice for others because you're growing in agape love. So people will steal your agape, which is the measure of the divine light that's currently flowing through your bloodstream, and she will be drunk on the blood of the saints. Why? Because scripture says it. The whore of Babylon, or the false bride, will be drunk on blood. Everyone is drunk on blood. I mean, that's how you have an existence in this dimension. You are only in the natural dimension, the most prized dimension of the angels. This is the most prized dimension of all angels not just fallen angels this is the dimension the fallen angels wanted they could only get it through Eve and Adam's blood it's a blood serpent it requires the life that's in the blood to have access into the natural dimension so you can see how Gnosticism is just Satan's last desperate attempt to make Christians think that the natural realm is bad when the natural realm is the highest prize of all angels. Because it costs blood. You can only get into the natural realm through blood. You were born of blood, weren't you? When you were born, you were covered in blood. They had to completely wash the baby. So you entered into this dimension through blood. If you want to stay in this dimension, for a long time, you need the blood of Jesus. Other creatures are here needing human blood. That's why you've had wars and rumors of wars. Fallen angels have no access to the natural dimension unless humans give them their blood. So if you tra train Christians to stop giving Jezebel, witches, witchcraft, religion, your blood, it's false humility, it's false ministry, it's demonic activity, you're fueling the kingdom of hell, you're giving fallen angels access into the natural realm. If we can train you to stop intoxicating the kingdom of hell and the seven principalities of the seven mountains of hell, and your blood goes into the bridegroom's chambers in your heart, your blood is sealed off from the kingdom of hell, they starve. 
Starve your enemies. It's not love to cut them off from your blood. It's love to cut them off from your blood. <laughs> it's love to cut them off from your blood. It's not loving to give them your blood. You need to understand this because it's the only way that hell exists. Demons can't survive. That's why they're called wolves. They need blood. That's why they're called sharks. They need blood. They cannot even access the bone realm without blood. Why are they dry men's bones, Ezekiel 37? Because they sucked the marrow dry. Because they want access into heaven. And the fallen angels' only taste of heaven is if they can suck your blood. Every demon does it. And people have that demonic nature in them, so they suck the blood of the saints. Why? Because men and women are so fallen that unless they have blood, they can't exist in the realm of the natural. God will do such a divine dialysis in the bride's, in the bride's blood that it will cut off the realm of demons. So you will stop letting them suck you like leeches, like foolish virgins. And the wise virgins came into the bridegroom's chambers and they were sealed and the foolish finally saw where they were when they couldn't leech off of those who had the heart change, those whose lamps were full of oil, those whose blood was mixed with the anointing. They were on fire. They're real. Real sons and daughters. And the real sons and daughters get sealed, or you can say with mature wisdom, they cut off the leeches. They don't let their wicked, unbelieving spouses suck and steal their blood. That's where it starts. You don't let friends and family suck your blood and steal all the life out of your blood because that's the only way they could ever feel good. You come out from amongst them, my people, and be holy as it is written, commands the Lord. Oh, shouldn't we love them? You're not loving them. You're letting them steal from you by not producing their own anointing, their own vineyards. They're only drinking yours. You've paid the price. You are not allowed to give the wicked through an unequal yoke your wine or your oil. It's illegal activity. True love is being separated and forcing them to produce their own wine and their own oil. Most of us are too immature to do that to others because it's punishment. No, it's the same cost you paid applied to them. Unless you're doing that, you're allowing the wicked to suck you dry, and you're currently in the church of Jezebel. Come out of her, my people. It is written. Wow. These vineyards are for the Father. And when we're younger and more immature, we think it's for our spouse. We think it's for our children, for our parents. We think it's for our city. <clears throat> Wrong. Your wine... Your oil is for one person alone, the judge, God the Father. And until we learn to give him the oil and to give him the wine, we'll have men and women around us robbing us dry. And so we'll have very little increase in our ministries, very little increase in our businesses. Your business is for the Father. Your ministry is for the Father. Your existence is for God. Have no other gods besides me, meaning you don't do anything for anyone else in all of your thoughts, actions, and deeds except for him exclusively 24-7, called prayer without ceasing.
That's living a life of prayer. That's living a life of consecration, being separate for the Father. That's the normal Christian life. Anyone that doesn't do that, doesn't know how to pray, and is not consecrated to the Lord, and is living for demons called idols. If you live for a human being, you're living for a demon. If you're living for religion, you're living for a demon. If you're living for anything except the living, breathing Father, you're living for demons. Why are you here? What are you living for? What is the purpose of your coming into this place? Why are you listening to me right now? We want to live for the Father. We want to learn how to live for the Father. Jesus teaches how to pray. How to have all our prayers, all the words in our bloodstream, which is prayer. Whatever's floating around in your blood, that's what you're praying right now. What are the thoughts and the intentions of the heart? The words you're carrying in your blood. Burn it like incense. It's called the burning of your blood. Offering the animal blood sacrifice. Until your blood is crystal clear and your blood is sparkling. Do you understand through the burning of your blood and all the words that you carry in your blood, that's how you rise from the dead? Woman, do not cling to my blood, for I have not yet ascended to my Father. I haven't completed my prayer time. (laughs) The smoke of the burning of my blood needs to rise into my Father's nostrils. Then I'll answer your prayers. Then you can cling to me in your own bloodstream, the Word of God. Isn't that how Pentecost came when they're up in the room praying? Well, wherever they were, some people say they're in the temple praying. Makes more sense if you have 3,000 people there than in the upper room when they just open the windows. How do they hear them praying in their own tongues? They're most likely at Herod's temple. Praying at Herod's temple. Hallelujah. Then 3,000 could hear him praying in their own languages. Isn't that wild? Pentecost happened at the temple. It's true. Jesus. Pentecost transformed Herod's temple, the last temple, into the temple of your blood. What was in that temple was transferred into this temple at Pentecost. At Pentecost, you became the temples of the Holy Spirit. And that was the end and the final judgment upon the buildings made by human hands. Yeah. Wow. Now he's been working on glorifying our hearts. 2,000 years of building. A lot more than Herod's 40 years. (laughs) Types and shadows, no more. Only building in the realities. Getting man up. Building us up. Building your neighbor up with speech that edifies the Word of God. Where? Putting it in the heart. Burning it into the heart. Letting the bloodstream carry 
a higher word that speaks of the sweetness and the mercy of God. Every time you change your words, when you're pricked in your heart to react a certain way to anyone around you, and God will send these people around you called fruit testers to see how much word of God is floating around in your blood to irritate the snot out of you. I had 400 men in Teen Challenge for two years. You know, he put me in with an active homosexual, my first roommate in Bible college. <laughs> Started manifesting demons the first week I moved into the dorms. Why? To irritate the words in your bloodstream until they speak the best words for last. The best wine for last is the best words floating in your blood on fire the seal of Song of Solomon 8. It's called Christian maturity. Every other word irritated, plowed through wickedness around you, through animals around you, coming to you and tempting you to be like them. You realize that that's why demon-possessed people come around? That's why witches and warlocks, religious people come around? Why has God allowed us to deal with literally millions of evil people speaking evil words? You go over our videos over the years, there's something like 35,000 negative comments on a couple of my videos. Like tens of thousands of the words in their blood from the kingdom of hell. Hallelujah. What does it mean? The priest job is to burn the animal, to burn the blood. God has given us so much sacrifice to burn. Thank you, Father, for bringing all the animals into this ministry every day of broadcasting. Every word that is written, spoken, even behind closed doors, all the people that are judging, criticizing, condemning, all of that is part of the sacrifice of the animal. Your words spoken about what God the Father is doing in Red Letter Ministries the last 15 years is what binds you to the altar. Does promotion come without fire? What is the promotion of the priesthood of Melchizedek? What is the increase all burning of words in the blood? Not getting offended. Listen, that's an animal that we get to sacrifice. That person just gave us a cord into his blood. Anyone who's ever spoken about me or to me on the internet, in person, behind closed doors, all those words are here on earth. What does the Bible say? Your words will be your judges. And I'm saying it's a good thing. Because mercy triumphs over judgment. I'm not going to let those words kill you. I'm not going to let the demons have any of your words. That, those words are animal sacrifices that mature priests love to burn in the blood. This has been a sneaky way of God the Father binding all the animals to the great big altar before our great big Father in heaven. So all their words are their judges. What's the judgment? the cleansing fire of love. The fact that they've written and spoken is a contract with God, the Word of God. And we're judging every word.
We're going to ignite every word. We're going to forgive and cleanse every word. Listen, Balaam, son of Beor, cursed Israel. And then Deuteronomy says that no curse shall ever kindle upon you, and every negative word spoken will be turned into a blessing. The more you've been cursed, the more negative words that have been spoken against Israel, which means Son of God or Prince of God, against Jesus in your heart, in your blood, against the vineyard of the Garden of Eden, all those words come in and are sown into the soil. Hey, what does the Bible say? When the enemy sows its words in the soil. So if you take all the negative manure of every word spoken and we just receive it right into the soil, guess what? That is the most fertilizer for the most wine you could ever imagine. Blessed are you when they curse you, Jesus said. Does it make any sense? In Matthew chapter 5, Jesus Christ says, Blessed are you when men curse you and speak all kinds of ill things about you. We've interpreted that religiously like, oh yeah, I'm persecuted. They're beating me up because I'm practicing the presence of God. Nah, 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 nah. Think gardener. Think vine dresser. They're sowing words, seeds, from the kingdom of hell into the soil of your heart and blood. And Jesus said you're blessed. Why? Because if you learn how to transform words by fire, that becomes fertilizer for the vineyards of love. So the more negative words that are spoken against you, the more your heart expands. That's how soil grows in your heart. Until your heart has consumed all the foul soil of the nations. I mean, that's really what the sons of God are. That's really what mature priesthood is, is learning how to work in the blood, in the heart, in the words, and just turn it all into the Garden of Eden from manure, using the spirit, the fire, and the word, and the blood. So welcome to the priesthood of Melchizedek, everybody. You are so blessed as you've been cursed. <laughs> That's how God has plowed the soil to produce the vineyards of heaven in your earthen vessels. Uh, see, the Father, you know, he's, you could say he's an alcoholic, a new alcoholic of new wine. He wants the earth to produce the best wine for last, meaning we need vine dressers down here to bear the image and the very nature of the Father working in the blood and the heart and taking every word as manure because it's going to remain. Those words are what give, de give demons access. Your words will be your judges. And so we go into the words of the enemy. That's why we've redeemed curse words because you have to go into all the manure pile of those words and use them for fertilizer for the word of God. Otherwise, Satan will have his own kingdom down here. But through gardening, Jesus is called the gardener. You can absorb all the bad things down here and use them for good. All things work for good. What? No, not just Christian things. Really? Scripture says all things, all the kingdom of hell's things work for good for those who are called according to his purposes. 
So you, God's expanding your mind to consume all things and not just be this schizophrenic good and bad Christian. But it's like, oh, more bad, wonderful. All things taken into the blood, into the heart, because you have the greater one in you that changes everything that you put inside. And if you have a religious mindset, then there's no transformation. There's no divine ability of the Holy Spirit working in you. And you just get loaded down with the knowledge of evil. And you're just stuck in your conscience with a seared conscience from eating from the wrong tree, which is the ability of the flesh in the garden. And you never learn how to let the fire of God change the natural realm through your own blood. And so you get dirty. I get slimed. This person really slimed me because you don't know how to go into the spirit of God, the spirit of burning. Where are the seven spirits of God, people? In our heart. Where's the menorah? In the holy place. What's the holy place? The human spirit. Using your human spirit with God, the seven spirits of God. If anyone's joined to the Lord, they're one spirit. Hallelujah. So you're telling me my spirit now is one with the menorah. Yes, everyone born again is, even if it's the side of a mustard seed in your belly, you're still joined to the Lord in one spirit with the Lord because the Bible's true. And it says that. Now it's learning how to use that ever-increasing fire to change all the kingdom of hell around you through the priesthood of the new covenant, which is Melchizedek, serving at the literal throne of God the Father in your spirit to change everything around you through your own heart and blood. And our hearts and blood are changing so much that it'll go into all hearts around us. And all the negativity, all the darkness, all the witchcraft, which is rebellion, all the religion in the world, all the greed of the love of money in the world will be consumed by the fire of God in our hearts and in our blood. And the words of Jesus Christ will be the flames in our blood and our very blood will speak a better word it will speak the words on fire and there will be fire shooting off of our flesh and blood because the spirit has made the word flesh and those flames of fire are the fiery arrows of prayer that will shoot through all hearts until you're a tower it's called being a high tower God is a high tower David said and then guess what Solomon says, now the high tower is the tower of David. He had to experience God's high tower, and there's turrets in this tower for releasing the word of God. It's the pillar of light, the pillar of fire of your inner man perfected in love. And you can go as high as the stars and as low as the center of the earth to consume the universe as a prayer warrior, a high tower. It is God the high tower, and then it's your name, the high tower. Each one of you is learning how to become a perfect prayer warrior, a high tower with turrets shooting arrows of love from your perfected blood that speaks a better word. Slay every heart in a 5,000 mile radius. In Jesus' name, amen. If this message blessed you, give an offering into the eternal prayer life of God the Father. Sow into your prayer life in Jesus' name. I love you guys. We'll see you Tuesday. Amen.